Hello and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown. I am your hitchhiking ghost of a host, Gary, here to entertain and inform you about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and hitchhikers. And hitchhikers. I am joined by my dancing lady in white and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann. Hi, Gary. How are you today? I'm okay. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, this is going to be our first episode for the year 2023, and we have a bunch of New Year's resolutions strictly for the show, and I started writing them down, so there's a lot of plans for this year, and I can't wait to get started on them. My goal is, if we can accomplish all of these by the end of 2023, I think we're going to be able to double the uh, work that we have for Within the Mist. Well, let's just hope it's not like regular New Year's resolutions and people give up on the next week. I know. (laughs) So that's why I'm going to post these on our Facebook page and our rebooted Facebook group page uh, to try and keep myself motivated, you know, to keep it out there so everyone can see what we're working on and where we're going from here. So, yeah, if you're part of our Facebook group, uh, please check it out and, you know, your support really helps. Yeah, just know we have a page and a group. But even more importantly, Goldie Ann, yeah. it is time for the very first dad joke for 2023. Goldie Ann, do you know who the ghost took to the dance? Somebody bootiful? That's a good guess. <laughs> I was thinking more of a ghoul friend. Oh, God. And that means we are now officially in the 2023. Chet's Melody Lounge is located across the road from Resurrection Cemetery. It is a place where locals come together to have a few drinks, listen to loud music, and discuss some of their favorite ghost stories. I like ghost stories. Well, this is the place for you, then. It is. Well, being across from a cemetery kind of has that effect. Yeah. And the stories that they tell here are pretty similar. They all consist of a young man out on the town for a night of dancing and drinking, and along the side of the road is walking a stunning young woman, with whom he asks if she needs a ride. She agrees and climbs into the front seat of the car beside the driver. She asks to be taken home, which is on Archer Road. However, just as they reach the street and approach Resurrection Cemetery, which is located on there, he turns to the young woman to find that she has vanished. She has left no trace that she was ever there. Drivers along Archer Avenue have described similar inexplicable encounters during the last 80 years, all involving the same young woman in a white dress and dancing shoes, who seems to be flesh and bone until she vanishes and reveals that you have met a ghost. That's cool. Join us today as we drive within the mist to meet Resurrection Mary. Are you familiar with this legend? I'm not. Really? I mean, I think you've heard you tell it a few times, but it's not something that I could retell. Oh. Well, then, I am happy to share with you and our audience. Chapter 1, The Dance with Mary. 
Richard Crow, a Chicago native who had dedicated much of his life to investigating the phenomenon, provided much of the lore regarding Mary. He collected three dozen substantiated reports of Mary from the 1930s to today, and most of these were published in the Chicago Tribune. The most famous example of a case with Resurrection Mary occurred in 1936 to a young man named Jerry Pallas. Jerry Pallas kind of describes himself as a ladies' man who visited a popular dance hall on the south side of Chicago, the O. Henry Ballroom, which would later be renamed the Willowbrook. He never had a problem coming up to women and saying hello and having a dance or two during the night. This was a popular night spot for the area of the town, hosting almost 10,000 dancers every weekend. That's a lot. It is, and Jerry was a regular there. As he entered on this particular evening, he looked around the dance floor for someone to dance with. He noticed and became enthralled when he saw a young woman off to herself at one end of the dance floor. She was slowly dancing by herself and didn't seem to have any friends or any dance companions. She had shoulder-length blonde hair and she was dressed in a strikingly white ball gown. She was Polish descent, 18 to 19 years old, with striking blue eyes, but she had a sad look about her face. There were traces of a smile when certain songs were playing, but otherwise she seemed as if her thoughts were somewhere else. Jerry, being the ladies' man he claimed to be, <laughs> took a deep breath and strolled towards her confidently. He introduced himself and immediately asked her to dance. She readily accepted and the two hit it off. They spent the entire night dancing away song after song. She never seemed to tire of dancing, but she was shy when conversations came up, especially when discussing herself. Jerry shared his story and said that he, they even shared a kiss, but something was off. According to Jerry, her hands were as cold as ice. He kind of passed this off, saying that having cold hands means that you have a warm heart. Closing time came around, and Jerry offered the woman a ride home, and she said she lived on the south side. According to the Romeo, as we walked along the street, she says, well, you might as well take me down to Archer Road. And I said, what for? I said, you lived where you told me. And she says, no, I want to go out to Archer Road. Jerry was confused since Archer was in the opposite direction. So why was she asking to go there instead of home? She just wants to spend some more time with him. That's exactly the way Jerry took it. So he took the woman down towards Archer anyway, happy to be spending more time with the beautiful young woman. She motioned for Jerry to stop in front of the Resurrection Cemetery. When he stopped the car, she got out and headed towards the gates. The man started to call out to her, but she turned and replied to him, I must leave and you can't follow me. With that, she turned back to face the gloomy cemetery and vanished right before his eyes. 
Jerry was shaken with the disbelief, but not too frightened to seek out answers. So the next morning, he made his way to the address where Mary said she lived. He was not sure what to expect as he knocked on the door and encountered an elderly woman. Behind her, he saw a portrait of the same young woman placed on the piano. Jerry asked if he could see her daughter. She informed him that she had been dead for nearly three years. He knew this to be true as he saw the tears stream down the elderly woman's face. He was completely shocked and confused. He offered a flimsy excuse that he had known the girl when they were younger and was not aware of her passing. The older woman did not seem surprised by his visit or his excuse, but thanked him for visiting and closed the door. Jerry was so overcome that he was unable to move for a few moments in front of that closed door. It was just too much for his mind to process. After that encounter with the ghost, he never returned to the O. Henry Ballroom or to Archer Street. Now it turns out that Jerry had encountered Resurrection Mary and over the next few decades, several other men would have similar experiences. But Jerry's encounter is considered the one that began the legend. The backstory of Resurrection Mary started at the O. Henry Ballroom in Willow Springs, Illinois. It involved a young woman named Mary who was attending a dance with her boyfriend. It had been a pleasant evening of harmless fun for the young couple until, for some unknown reason, the lovers got into a heated argument late on that night. It got so bad that Mary decided to leave and decided to walk home despite the pleading of her boyfriend to allow him to drive her home. It was very late and the weather was very bad, but she marched on through the rain down Archer Avenue wearing her white ball gown. Mary never made it home. It seems she was struck and killed by a car between O. Henry Ballroom and the Resurrection Cemetery. The driver of that vehicle that hit Mary was never identified. It was assumed to be a hit and run with the driver leaving Mary to die on the side of the road in the rain. One tragic version even suggests that it was her boyfriend that had been the driver, either striking her in anger or perhaps as an accident as he was trying to find her in the poor weather. Regardless, the boyfriend disappeared from the legend, leaving the ghost of Resurrection Mary to continue on alone. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, not pretty cool, but... It's sad. Very interesting. Yes. Chapter 2, Hitchhiking Ghosts. <laughs> the Legends of Hitchhiking Ghosts is pretty much a broad spectrum of ghost stories. Sean Tudor investigated the phenomenon of vanishing hitchhikers and rogue ghost stories. According to him, these legends have passed from generation to generation throughout history. There is even a version of a vanishing hitchhiker story in the Bible. But the 20th century versions always follow a very similar pattern, in which a hitchhiker, usually a young woman, is either picked up along a dark road or met at a dance. From here, she is given a ride home 
and in the situation, her would-be suitor may report having danced with the young woman, but finds her somewhat cold. Regardless of how he meets her, in both situations, she gives her escort vague directions to her home, but along the way, she suddenly vanishes from the car. Sometimes, the driver will have procured her address and then go to the house to ask whether the girl has returned safely home. Upon his arrival, he is told that the girl, whom he recognizes in a photograph, was previously killed in a car accident on the road where she met her unfortunate escort. The Resurrection Mary story bears an uncanny resemblance to these numerous widespread tales, but Resurrection Mary is the most well-believed of these legends. There are so many accounts of Mary by eyewitnesses that have confirmed to the universal model so perfectly than the other secondhand legends. Tudor even explains that the sighting of rogue ghosts goes back to the bias of the witnesses. There's a theory that the unconsciousness typically manifests itself in a dream state, where often symbolically as a figure of a man or woman. According to him, it is almost easy to believe that the dreamlike state, as you're lonely night driving, you're kind of falling in a hypnosis, highway hypnosis state, and as you're driving, you would encounter either a woman or a man on the side of the road. Let's see, I have highway hypnosis, but I've never imagined seeing somebody. <laughs> well, then you might want to keep an eye out for that, because... There could be a hypnotic ghost in your future. That would be cool. I'd stop and pick him up. See, that's what worries me. Because uh, I can see you so totally doing it. And then, yeah, you're going to be driving to a cemetery with a ghost dude. How do yeah. I compete with that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have to make sure I have my ghost equipment in the car. Yes, keep it handy, please. Well... Until you have your encounter, uh, Chapter 3, The Other Meetings with Mary. Mm. Now, Mary first appeared to the unsuspecting Southwest Side drivers on Archer in the 1930s when late-night revelers complained to the police that a woman had tried to jump on the running boards of their automobiles. Now, if you don't know, the old-fashioned cars uh, used to come with sideboards along the edges uh, outside of the doors of, of the vehicles. Like trucks and jeeps. Yeah, that we have today. Uh, you see them a lot in old gangster movies. That's where the gangsters would always stand on as they do the drive-by shootings with their Tommy guns. Oh. Well, according to these legends, this woman would jump on these running boards and, you know, try to hitchhike a ride that way. <laughs> Now, other Archer Avenue drivers have been surprised by a beautiful young woman who will simply open the car door and then climb in. <laughs> okay. She then directs the driver to proceed up Archer Avenue, where she disappears in the usual way, at the cemetery gates. There was a decrease in sightings of her during the, after the 1930s, but several people claimed to have run-ins with Resurrection Marys in the 70s and 80s. The theory of why there was such a, an increase in sightings of Resurrection Mary is because Resurrection Cemetery has been referred to as a termed grave. What's that? It's kind of weird, but the spots where people are buried are leased for 25 years. Oh. Right. And then 
so you buy this prime spot, you know, under a tree, you know, in a beautiful area, and it's yours for 25 years. If you don't pay for another 25 years, they dig you up and move you to uh, back of the cemetery where you're not in the, the best location. That way, someone else can buy the prime real estate. It was during the 1970s that this 25-year period kind of turned over, and many of the bodies were moved from one location to another. This could have included the grave of Resurrection Mary. Wow. Could the disturbance have been blamed for the increased number of sightings of Mary? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't know where her, she's even buried anymore. Now... Among these sightings of the 70s, one cab driver in the 70s claimed to see a young woman standing in front of the Resurrection Cemetery one night. When he pulled over to check and see if she needed a ride, the woman approached the vehicle but vanished as soon as she opened the door. That's interesting. Kind of had the opposite effect. Yeah, and then the cabbie kind of lost the fare. <laughs> In 1973, Mary is believed to have shown up at least twice in one month at the South west dance club known as harlow's she was reported to be dressed in a faded ball gown a harlow's manager described her as having big spooly curls coming down from a high forehead she was really pale like she had powdered her face and body she was dancing alone in the off the wall fashion and she was oblivious as she could be yet bouncers at the door who carted all guests no one ever saw her come in or leave. Hmm. So she just kind of appeared in the club. Another encounter with Mary occurred in 1979 and was reported in the suburban trib when a different cab driver named Ralph had dropped off a fare at the far southwest suburbs on a cold evening before the blizzard of 1979. As he was driving, he spotted a girl no older than 21 with no coat, wearing a white dancing dress, who was walking beside the road. Feeling concerned for the young woman, he offered the young hitchhiker a ride. She got in, but she was mostly silent except to remark that the snows had come early this year. As the two drove up Archer Avenue, she suddenly jumped up and said, Here! Here! Ralph questioned whether this was actually where she wanted to go. He was quoted as saying that when I turned, she was gone, vanished, and the door never opened. Hmm. May the good Lord strike me dead. It never opened. In 1980, Claire Rodnicki and her husband Mark were driving down Archer Avenue towards Resurrection Cemetery when they spotted the same young woman in a white gown slowly walking down the side of the road. It was immediately obvious to them that she wasn't an ordinary person. They said that she was partially transparent with a white aura around her, almost as if she was glowing. Shocked, the couple wondered if they had seen a ghost. Believing it to be the infamous Resurrection Mary, they did a U-turn to confirm what they had just seen. When they again reached the spot where Mary was walking, she was gone. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, so by 1980, everyone is so used to seeing this ghost walking along the road that, you know, people see her and they immediately want to turn around and see her again. It doesn't even phase them anymore. That's cool. In 1989, Janet Kalel 
was out with her friend for an evening drive. While they were passing by the Resurrection Cemetery, a young woman, again wearing the white gown, this time jumped in front of her car. Janet didn't have time to stop and ran into the woman. But something was strange. There was no impact and no sound. The woman just disappeared into thin air. When Janet and her friend stopped the car on the side of the road, they got out to check out the scene, expecting to find a woman lying on the road. However, the woman was nowhere to be found, and there was no damage to her car. Hmm. Both Janet and her friend saw the woman. They knew she they hit her with the car. Yet, she vanished without a trace. So this is a ghost that doesn't just appear once. She's seen year after year. Right. And so many times that it's kind of hard to dismiss every encounter with her on Archer Avenue. But what's stranger than just the ghost is Chapter 4, Uh-oh. Resurrection Cemetery. Now, the final destination to many of these encounters with Resurrection Mary always seems to be at the cemetery. It was opened in 1904 and is the final resting place for over 150,000 people. Wow. One of the strangest curiosities at the Resurrection Cemetery is that for several decades, two of the bars at the front gate located at 7200 South Archer Road were bent apart, as if someone had grabbed each of the bars and pulled with all their might to open a space in the gate. Some attribute this to Mary. I think a ghost could do that. Why can't a ghost do that? I mean, why would they need to? Well, maybe she can't get through the gate because of being holy ground, and so she was pulling open the gate to try and get through. I mean, that's just my theory. Heard. And since I'm the host of the show, that's the theory we're going with. Awesome. (laughs) The thing that even supports that it was Mary who bent the bars is that there are some people who claim to have witnessed the event and saw her do it. Oh, wow. In fact, one... Why didn't you just say that in the beginning? Oh, because I like to sound smarter than I am. Okay. In fact, a driver happened to be passing the cemetery when he glimpsed a young woman standing on the side of the gates. She was clutching the bars, looking into the cemetery. And worried that someone had been locked inside after closing... He hurried to report the incident to the local police, who then hastened to rescue the reluctant prisoner in the cemetery. Upon their arrival, they found the cemetery deserted, but their inspection of the gates revealed the chilling spectacle. Not only had two of the bars been pried apart, but the impressions of a pair of delicate hands remained, bearing witness to the feminine touch that had pulled with superhuman strength and accomplished the task. Now the locals to the area will point to the handprint seemingly burned into the bars as evidence for this taking place. On the opposite side, the cemetery officials deny any ghostly occurrences. Well, of course. According to them, the bent bars was caused by the impact with a truck. Okay. That's, well, that's the yeah. That's the uh, that's the story, argument. and they're sticking to it. Pretty much. In fact, 
When the cemetery management saw the state of the bars, they reportedly called in officials from the Archdiocese of Chicago, who then removed the imprinted bars and took them away. Now, not long after removal of the damaged bars, the officials installed what they called repaired bars, insisting that the bent bars had been welded back to normal and not, as many asserted, replaced with the new ones. So the official said that it was a truck that uh, damaged the bars, but why would you call the archdiocese? Well, I was thinking to come and take the bars away and then replace them. And to make the story even stranger, many doubt this to be the complete truth when viewing the gates, because there are two strips of discolored metal that remain in the exact spot that once bore the mysterious handprints. In fact, there seems to be no reason to doubt the rumor, and it is said that this part of the gate refuses to take paint or primer. And I have a picture of it. So as you can see here, here are the two gates, and you can see the burnt section, which would not have been caused by a truck. It's like someone tried to burn her handprints off of the uh, bent bars. Sadly... In the late summer of 2019, the two bars disappeared from the gate of Resurrection Cemetery. It is unknown at this time if they were removed by the Archdiocese or if they were stolen by someone wanting a souvenir. Probably stolen. Probably. I mean, could you, but could you imagine having the bars of Resurrection Mary as a conversation piece in your living room? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, kind just, of. that's kind of begging for... Tr- oh, God, yeah, I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> Say hello. Would, I have Robert the doll in our bedroom. Yeah, so this would just be part of the collection. Yeah. All right. Officially, within the Miss Podcast, would like to state that we do not have the possession of the <laughs> bed bars from Resurrection Cemetery. <laughs> so just putting that out there, just for anyone who's listening, especially if they're part of the government. Why would Resurrection Cemetery be the haunting point of a ghost? It's where she was buried. Well, even more than that, Archer Avenue, the street that the cemetery is on, was originally one of a number of Chicago area's old Indian trails Uh. and may have been a ley line. For those who may not know, a ley line is a concept of an energy line that exists under the surface of the land and was kind of considered either magnetic or power kind of electrical lines that are natural in the earth, or they could be utilized for magic. The concept of ley lines originated in Great Britain, and these connect sacred locations along spiritual energy conduits. And it's kind of like the energy, the life force of the earth. Regardless of what caused this, Some have claimed to see the ghost of a young blonde woman walking around Resurrection Cemetery at night. It's not sure if this is Mary, but she does have a similar appearance. And there have been other strange apparitions seen around the graveyard as well. So Mary's not alone in wandering the cemetery at night. I'm glad she has friends. Well, she had even more than friends. She actually existed. Chapter 5, The Real Mary. Now, regardless if you doubt the story of Resurrection Mary actually happened or not, 
There are a lot of paranormal investigators who have tried to uncover Mary's true identity. I told you that it's a very large cemetery, but they have combed through thousands of graves at the Resurrection Cemetery looking for Mary. So, Goldie Ann, would you be more willing to believe the legend of Resurrection Mary if I could show you that there was a real Mary? Okay. If there's a ghost, then that per- was once a person. Uh-huh. I mean, there's that's just how ghosts work. Well, so, yeah, I would believe you. Okay. <laughs> well, it was once believed that Resurrection Mary was a woman named Mary Bergovi, and she was buried at site number 9819, section MM, and she was a young Polish woman. Records indicate that this Mary was killed in a car accident in 1934, allegedly on her way home from a dance at the O'Henry. So there's a lot of similarities right there, being Polish and being killed in a car accident. However, attempts to link this Mary with the resurrection legend have yielded far less than satisfactory results. The evidence begins with the following report, which was written in the Chicago Tribune on March 11, 1934. So this came actually out of the newspaper. Okay. Girl killed in crash. Miss Mary Bergovi, 21 years old, of 4611 South Darnan Avenue, was killed last night when the auto in which she was riding cracked up at the street and Wacker Drive. John Riker, 23, of 15 North Knight Street, Park Ridge, suffered a possible skull fracture and is in the county hospital. John Thole, 25, of 5216 South Loomis, was the driver of the car, and Miss Virginia Rosansky, 22, of 4849 South Lincoln, were shaken up and scratched. So in this one, she wasn't walking along the street, but she was actually a passenger in a car with a bunch of other people, and but right. she was the only one killed. The problem also is that Bergovi was killed in the downtown loop of Chicago, probably at Lake Street and Wacker Drive, so it's undoubtful that she was walking home from the O'Henry Ballroom. And she was nowhere close to the legendary cemetery. Well, you know, kind of like the game telephone. You know, things go on and on and on, and they end up changing. Well, well, what also must have changed, if your theory is correct, is that her physical descriptions also differed from the uh, ghostly Mary. Oh. Bergovi had short, dark hair rather than the long, blonde hair that was reported. The most compelling Mary is a woman named Anna Mahari Norkis. Uh, this connection was determined and supported by the re- meticulous research of Frank Andrzej. I apologize, but I'm just slaughtering these names. Yeah. I, my Polish is horrible. I was going to say they sound Polish, so. Well, Anna, and it's M-A-J-I-R-A, Majiri, is Polish for Mary. And so that's, I know her name is Anna, but it's Anna Mary. Uh, born in Cicero, Illinois in 1914, Anna was given the name of Ona, which is Lithuanian for Anne. As a, as a young girl, Anna's devotion to the Blessed Mother led her to begin using the name Mary as her middle name. By the time she neared her teenage years, she had grown into a vivacious young woman, blonde and slim, 
and she loved to dance. Now, her story is that she would beg her father and convince him, August Sr., to take her to a dance hall. And on the evening of July 20th, 1927, the father and daughter set out from their Chicago home for the famous O. Henry Ballroom. On their drive home at approximately 1.30 in the morning, the travelers passed Resurrection Cemetery via Archer Avenue. There, they turned east on 71st Street and north on Harlem to 67th Street. Here is where it got tragic. The car careened and dropped into an unseen 25-foot deep railroad cut on the side of the road. Yeah, remember this is the 1920s, so the streetlights were kind of a suggestion, not a norm. The uh, Chicago newspapers reported the accident on July 22, 1927. According to the newspaper article, Anna Norcus, 12 years old, of 5421 South Neva Avenue, was killed instantly. Four others were injured as their automobile plunged into a 25-foot gulch where Harlem ends at 66th Street. After the accident, her father, Argus Norgus, was the subject to devastating verbal abuse. Even being told that Anna's death was God's punishment for allowing the girl to go dancing at such a young age. Ouch. I, when you said 12 years old, I kind of thought, wait a minute, what? Why is she out dancing and why did her dad take her? But I definitely wouldn't blame him like that. Well, I guess for the rest of his life, he was kind of ostracized from his community because of her death. Now... Here's where it gets a little bit more wonky on the story. Anna was arranged for burial in a family lot at St. Casimir Cemetery. And it is here where the story gets spooky because in the mid-1920s, grave diggers you know, suffered a hard manual labor and were rewarded with low pay. Strikes were common. So some bodies had to be buried temporarily until the strike ended and the body could be permanently interred in the proper lot. Because of poor coffin construction and the lack of refrigeration, a body could not be kept long outside of the ground. So, if there was a strike going on at the time Anna died, identification at the time of relocation would be gruesomely difficult. It is possible that young Anna, Mary, was silently whisked to a temporary burial at Resurrection Cemetery, and they were planning on moving her back to, you know, the other cemetery when the strike was over and putting her in her proper place. This was during July of 1927, so there would be rapid decomposition during the summer days. And this could have made her unidentifiable at the time of exhumation. If they didn't keep proper records and the body was starting to rot, um, they could have put the wrong corpse in the family grave True. and this Anna Mary is buried in Resurrection Cemetery by mistake okay a misplaced corpse creates a restless spirit true so we put all of these together and what do we get we get Resurrection Mary I know and we have so <laughs> many stories but even more than stories we have chapter 6 popular culture and Resurrection Mary cool Mary got so popular during the 1960s that a bluegrass song was written in 1963 called Bringing Mary Home. 
It was released telling of a person who gives a ride to a disappearing Mary who vanishes. <laughs> the woman at the door of a young girl's address says that he is the 13th man who has come, one each year during the anniversary of her car crash. So I can't play the song on our podcast because of copyright laws and things like that, but I am going to put a link to it. So I think it's kind of neat to listen to because uh, it's kind of a song version of the story of Resurrection Mary. That's pretty cool. I like it. Even more, Justice Illinois puts on a Resurrection Mary Halloween 5K to celebrate the famous ghost. So they have a charity run that on this nationally certified course that winds through the village streets and takes runners onto Archer Avenue, made famous by the supernatural legend. So you can run this 5Ks and you never know. You might see Resurrection Mary running alongside you. <laughs> okay. I mean, it might motivate some people to run faster. I don't know. True. Uh, I'm wondering... Uh, I bet there has to be people who dress up as Resurrection Mary during this run. Maybe. See, we live in Central Florida, right around Disney, and when Disney does their runs, there are so many people who run in costumes, right? Uh, absolutely. So I would not be surprised if there was people running in white ball gown dresses uh, during this 5K. I'm going to have to check that out. So question... Yes. No movies? You normally do movies. There are a couple of movies uh, that are based on the legends of it, but nothing really that direct. Oh. I think it's a, seriously a missed opportunity. Yeah. See, I look forward to your movie suggestions. I, I am Just sorry. Just to see if I've seen them. In 2007, there was a movie called Resurrection Mary, and it basically it's a horror movie where a young man meets a girl who might be a ghost, but matters turn serious when his friends start dying under mysterious circumstances. Oh, so not quite the Mary we know. No, this one's a lot more gruesome and dangerous. <laughs> uh, definitely not the hi I'm here and then disappear. Then there's the 2021 The Legend of Resurrection Mary. Where it says, uh, Jeff Price nearly runs down a beautiful yet mysterious young girl walking alone by Resurrection Mary. Jeff offers to give her a ride, and by the time he drops her off, a mutual attraction is obvious. <laughs> but Jeff's life begins to spin out of control shortly after he asks Mary to be his date on homecoming. As one by one, his friends are brutally murdered. Having spent time in Juvenile Hall, Jeff becomes the prime suspect. Who is Mary? Why is everyone around him dying? And will Jeff's desperate measures to clear his name put him face to face with the real killer? So it kind of sounds like the same movie. Yeah, it, it kind of, I kind of think it's a remake of the same movie. It kind of make Mary into a killer. Well, it doesn't say Mary is killing people, but uh, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. So something for you to check out if you're interested in seeing it. What if I've seen it? Hard to say with you. You've seen so many. I know. Well, for me, in closing, Mary's legendary spirit has contented itself with the haunting, the tiny stretch of Archer Avenue in the village of South Suburban Justice, Illinois. All that remains of the O'Henry Ballroom is a dirt field after the building itself 
was gutted by a fire in 2016. Yet, the legend of this ghostly hitchhiker has thumbed itself into the hearts and history of all Chicago. Here's a last little bit of interesting note that I want to point out, Goldian. Jerry Palace, the original dancer with the ghostly Mary, had passed away in 1992 and is buried in Resurrection Cemetery. That's cool. Well, perhaps now he has the opportunity to become reacquainted with the girl who left him so suddenly that night. Yeah, she's pissed. She didn't ever get over her grudge. Her grudge? Why would she have a grudge? Well, she's the one left mad. Well, that was for her ex-boyfriend. I'm talking about Jerry Palace, the guy who met her afterwards. Oh, right, right, right. So, with all that and said, I think it's time to lock our car doors as we make our way back out from within the mist. We are on social media and would love to hear your stories and opinions about Resurrection Mary. Have you encountered a hitchhiking ghost of your own along a dark, desolate street? Does Haunted Mansion Magic Kingdom count? Not exactly. Oh, well then no. Yeah, the Haunted Mansion at Disney World doesn't quite have the same effect. A ghost will follow you home. Well, yeah. Now, you can reach us on our Facebook page, Within the Mid Podcast, as we are also on Instagram and Twitter, or you can write to us because we have an email at withinthemistpodcast at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share your stories. We're trying to collect some listener stories to put onto our Thursday episodes. So you can either coordinate with us to tell us your story over the phone or write it up and we'll read it for you. We hope you enjoyed our story of Resurrection Mary and we'll come again for another episode. Until then, look closely at that person walking along the side of the road as you drive by and remain constantly curious. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys.